Good morning, fellow Gunners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm this morning, my course as usual, Aiden. All right, guys. Arsenal take on Forest, a team who claimed Liverpool's scalp not too long ago. Yeah, I mean, back on our stomping ground to face uh, Forest. Um, Arteta made five changes to the side that was beaten in Eindhoven. Uh, the match kicks off, and I mean, the crowd was already, like, you know, upbeat and, and you know, rocking already. Then I see fifth minute, Martinelli starts a move on the left flank. He sprays the ball out wide to Saka in turn, who then returns the ball to the Brazilian with a lofted pass. And I mean, unexpectedly, Martinelli ends up just darting in between the defender and the, the holding midfielder of Forrest, and he stoops down with a diving header. One or Arsenal. And that's the type of bravery, you know, that you always were speaking about. I think it was two seasons ago one when... Um... Arsenal played, I think it was Leicester, where you say, like, the strikers were, you know, going with their foot rather than, you know, flagging with their head, where they sort yeah. of have a better chance of getting it. And, I mean, you know, just shows the fearlessness of these youngsters we have. And, you know, like you say, rightly so, 1-0 Arsenal, five minutes in, and the fast start, just like we normally like. Yeah. Then, eight minutes, uh, Saka nicks the ball off Jesse Lingard, who then feeds Jesus. He then spins off the last man. And I mean, I really thought he was going to kind of walk, compose, compose himself, but I mean, he ends up also kind of snapping at the shot with a left foot, but uh, he drags the shot wide. But I mean, a warning, another warning again for Forrest. I think uh, Asus needs another goal sometime soon because uh, I yeah. think it's just like at the moment, he's just snatching at everything. He just needs that, like you said, a release, and we're hoping to get the release against Forrest. I mean, uh, one thing that has also impressed me of, of some of the. The pundits, I mean, I told you what Andy Gray said also last week. He said it would be a different story if he's not getting the chances and he's not trying. And it, but they say he's like he's keeping himself active, he's, he's making himself available to if he's not gonna like you know have a pop at goal, he's trying to create for others. So, I mean, that is a big, big positive. And I mean, Alan Smith said yesterday also, he just these things like. He just needs to grind down, not focus on what to the media or, you know, like a lot of the media are like, was accounting, uh, having like a, a sort of clock about how many minutes his goal drought was going. But Alan Smith said he must just keep on grinding and working hard and, and you get, he's going to get the goals. So it's just how he, you know, how he buys his time in, in between, like what he does. Um, then 12 minutes, Saka calls a good chance through with, you know, with a, a fantastic booming cross. And I think the whole Forest team kind of, don't watch the lines, and then I mean, out of the blue, on rushing, Tomiyasu comes, you know, bursting like a, uh, of, uh, like a wing back. But I mean, he comes and meets the ball, but I mean, he ends up just blasting the ball over. But I mean, Arsenal's fullbacks looking very dangerous in this match. And I think, you know, I was hoping Arsenal with all this other domination would kind of add a second because we've seen almost what happens once Arsenal, you know, almost tire themselves out. Pushing, 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 and eventually, you know, it, it, we, we get hit on the counter or something like that. Yeah. Then, uh, 20th minute, party releases uh, Granit Xhaka, who in turn plays in Martinelli. Uh, Martinelli sees his first shot clear of the line, and then with a ball bouncing out against Saka, a blast the ball over the crossbar. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was going to be it. But, you know, at least we're showing this relentlessness, which kind of, I think, you know, was was really uh, a shock, I think, to Forest system, especially yeah. after how they came out, you know, one 0 winners against Liverpool and or on top of Liverpool. You see how Arsenal was smothering them and not giving them a chance. But I think 
I'm like, okay, I'll actually rather bring up the point, you know, like after we're done with the the um, this section of the podcast. But there's something I actually want to mention about what Steve Cooper said post-match, but I mean, back to the match. Uh, 27-minute suckers, you know, down again after, because I think there was other patches during the that first part of the first half. We went down under tackle, then you got trodden on by, um, by Lodi. And then, I mean, you could see he was like, you know, struggling because I think when he got to the 25th minute, he wasn't even, he was like playing the balls off, but he wasn't even doing any more darting runs to get, you know, in the offensive third of, of uh, Forrest. And then, I mean, Arteta was now forced into the the, the change. Reese Nelson coming on. And I mean, I, I think, <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I'm not going to be one of the few, but I mean, I think there was probably many that thought, like, why make this stuff like that? Because... Yeah. Look, Nelson showed glimpses the other day, but I mean, there was also points where he was taking a while to, you know, get himself into the game. So I think really fans are kind of cautious before, you know, fully banking on somebody like Rick Nelson. But no. I mean, yeah, go on. No, I, I agree with you 100%. But my, my stomach, like, my head dropped a bit, you know, thinking, like, you know, we're losing Bakayo Saka. <laughs> it's like a very attacking outlet. And, you know, one of our best players for Rick Nelson, who, you know, for me, it hasn't really shown me anything yeah. ever of like, you know, I'm going to win a game for you guys. Yeah. So, 32nd minute, oh, this will be also so really slacking off because uh, party ends up losing the ball, uh, you know, in, in defensive midfield. And I mean, the ball goes to Awoni, who ends up feeding Jesse Lingard, who then, of course, smashes his shot, but goes wide. But I mean, very casual play by Arsenal. And I mean, it's something that, that always, as you were mentioning, because of the fast start, you get like the, the latter part of the first half where it's not seriously slacking off. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's fine to have no slack off if you two, not even two, but three nil up. You know, I mean, it's not nice to concede, but you know, you at least have a two goal cushion to bring yourself back to reality. But sometimes we're hanging on this one nil lead for too long, and before you know it, you know, the team equalizes and the game's game on again. Then, 43rd minute, as we approach halftime, Saliba makes a good challenge in the Arsenal box and he ends up passing to Gabriel to give him a sort of outlet to clear the ball. But then, of course, Calamitous defending by Gabriel ends up deciding to play a short pass to actually nobody because everybody was already starting to, you know, push up the up the field. And he ends up playing the ball, you know, uh, straight to Jesse Lingard. And, I mean, by the time Lingard lets his shot off, Ben White makes a fantastic diving block. You know, really, because I mean, you could see the, the ball was going to be goal bound either way. But I mean, fantastic block by Ben White, and I mean, he saves Arsenal's backside going into halftime. But, but I don't know if you had the same commentators as me, they were blaming um, Saliba for that pass. And I was looking oh, yeah. And I was like, but hang on, no, this is actually Gabriel. Gabriel, once again, you know, I've been talking about it. I'm not trying to slag the player off or say he's yeah. not good enough, but. These lapses of concentration, I mean, you give that ball to Haaland or maybe Kevin De Bruyne or something like that. You know, they they have the presence of mind to maybe even delay the shot, let Ben White slide past and smash it in. Yeah. I mean, you can't be, 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 be making mistakes like that if you want to compete. Because, I mean, I don't know, like, there's certain moments of his game where, I mean, you cannot, I mean, for somebody that's playing at this level of football, have... That often, though, like so many lapses. I mean, yes, I mean, look, he uses all for the team, no doubt. But, I mean, I'm just thinking if I could go through a rundown now, like you had now this moment now. Then you had that, that game of Fulham, we could also just clear the ball. Yeah. Tastek on Mitrovic gets robbed and whatever. Then that game against Tottenham Hotspur where, okay, yes, it was Jaka's fault. 
But Darren Jaka was also trying to play the ball so that he hoofs it upfield, but then he ends up kind of caught on the back foot. And then by the time he puts out the lazy leg, he ends up tripping uh, Richarlison, who does not need like a second invite to go down. Yeah. That is the sort of thing that he needs to really cut out of his game. I mean, against Leeds also, he almost, you know, gave away that. I mean, he gave away, almost gave away a penalty yeah. just by that, that, that lot lap concentration because of, you know, he got annoyed by what happened. So, there's, like you said, you know, a lot of Arsenal's goals have come, we've conceded, have come through these errors. And I don't know, you know, what Arteta sees or if Arteta addresses the issue. But, I mean, you know, every time it seems like he's getting, like, not that I say he shouldn't get a chance, but, you know, Ben White maybe should be moved to the centre-back yeah. a bit. But I guess he wants that left and right foot combination at the back as well. Yeah. So, second half, I mean, look, I think most of us were also thinking, look, Arteta needs, uh, you know, a real stir, giving the team a real stern talking to, because honestly, I mean, there's too many times that we go into halftime, one up, and we're just not consolidating it in the second half, because then it's also like we're looking somewhat slack and, and, and you yeah. know, like but I mean, credit, we give credit with you, I mean, you must have done something to them, because, I mean, that second half, the way Arsenal came, you know, out of the blocks was fantastic to watch. Yeah, I know it was. It was like they, um, I don't know, I think they probably gave them a, a, that stand talking to that you were speaking about because they just came like a team more focused and not how we've come out yeah. the past two Premier League games, you know, where it just, you just came, like they looked like they still were sitting in the dressing room. But no, they came out, you know, all guns blazing. Yeah, and I mean, the 49th minute, also cut open the Forest defence. Party of loads to Granite Jaco in turn plays the ball to Jesus. And I mean, with a quick, uh, quick slick move, Jesus ends up playing in the on-rushing uh, Riz Nelson. And I mean, it was a fantastic move by Nelson. He does a body feint to set uh, Frohner on his backside. And I mean, with a, uh, I mean, it was a fantastic body feint. And then I mean, with his left foot fires the ball straight at the end, but with so much power, the ball ends up spilling out of the keeper's hands. And I mean, with a rebound, Nelson makes no mistake into the top right, uh, top, yeah, top right corner of the keeper. And also the two yeah, great composure by him. Eh? Like I watched that goal again, and I mean, I I, I gave him a lot of kudos for that 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 body feint because you know a lot of the time with a player like him, you know, coming in and and you know having things to prove, sometimes you just snatch at those chances. But he actually composed himself well. You know, he took a shot at his weaker left foot. I don't know, like the commentator seemed to to be criticizing everything Arsenal was was doing because he like kind of said that it was a a bad first shot by, by Nelson, but I mean, it wasn't his weaker left foot, but, you know, kudos to him again to, to finish that in the top corner the way he did. Yeah, it was a powerful drive, because I mean, look, somebody of Henderson, and, and I mean, he's a quality keeper. I mean, he's even struggling to, uh, you know, really hold on to that shot, and as you said, the way he composed himself with a rebound, because there were two guys in the goal line, and he had to now, you know, sort of pick a spot and, and, and bury the chance, and I mean, he, he did it. Fantastic. Yeah, three nil to the guy, um, two nil to Arsenal, and you know, I think a bit of breathing room. Yeah. Then uh, 40, uh, 52nd minute, uh, Arsenal again full on the attack. Fantastic work by Odegaard and Jesus uh, on the inside right channel, and Jesus ends up steering across to the near post with Nelson makes a darting run, and I mean he gets gets ahead of Yates, who's one of. Uh, Forrest's uh, decent uh, mid- central midfielders. And I mean, he ended up just stabbing the ball past the keeper and Arsenal go 3-0 up. 
dream substitution for Nelson, dream move for Arteta, you know, that guy, he brought him on, and he gets two goals, and Jesus as well with two assists as well. I mean, like you mentioned in the start, when you said, you know, he he's not maybe getting the goals or cocking up the stats, but, I mean, he's producing assists, which is, you know, as equally as important as getting those goals. Yeah. Then, uh, 57th minute, uh, Nelson ends up spotting party on a attacking run. And, I mean, he tees the ball perfectly for party. I mean, with a finesse, a touch, you know, I'm like, yeah, touch. And, I mean, if party comes in and, I mean, he, he pulls a full Tottenham on, on Nottingham Forest and he ends up finessing it into the top corner, 4-0 Arsenal, the Emirates rocking. Yeah, what a finish. And, you know, what I, I like, you know, Besides the goal now, kind of thing, but I don't know if you've also been watching out to me. Yes, it's also taking kind of that Sinchenko role where he's also like starting to act almost as a, a another central midfielder. Yeah, that we does it. Yeah, because it kind of messes up your opponent because, like, now all of a sudden, the the, the, the very same uh, winger that, that the fullback has to block or look after has to now start tracking the Arsenal uh, fullback, which means. That whole flank is going to now be open for somebody like Martinelli to expose them when he's running. Or anybody that's coming from the left flank is going to start exposing that, that open. Because now it's like the, the fullback of Forest will have to have like two people to contend with. Yeah, I kind of wonder, you know, what's Kieran Tierney's role going to be? Yeah, but I think with, with regards to... Look, Zinchenko has to be slowly fed into the team again. And, and I mean, with, with what we're still going to talk about with Tommy Arsenal later... In the podcast, I mean, uh, uh, I think he's still a place, and I think he, you can also see. Looking, look, he has been getting like, kind of agitated with you know his spot in the team right now. But I mean, I think look, he will be a spot for because I mean, uh, look, even though we're getting out of the World Cup phase soon, I think the game is also still piling on between now and then because I mean, you you take it like uh, what's it two weeks ago? So before the World Cup actually starts, or yeah, two and a half weeks. And you still got like what three games to squeeze in. So I mean, I think there's only enough games for him. So I mean, he must just buy his time because I mean, he's got that sort of uh, that like lion art that we need in the team anyway. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah. So then, sixty-third minute, also start ringing the changes. Tommy Asu and Martinelli coming off. Cedric and Vieira coming on. Um, I think many people were kind of under the breath. You know, the, talking about the very thing that you and I now just mentioned about Tierney. Like, why he is not coming on. And then, 75th minute, Arsenal take off Saliba and Grand Xhaka and bring on Kieran Tierney and um, Eden Ketia. Because uh, I think Arteta was also trying to, you know, push the issue for uh, Jesus to get a goal somehow. Because yeah. Arsenal were even, I think, there were even uh, points in the game, I don't know if you noticed, where there were other people in, in, in better positions to score. But they would still try to figure out a way to feed him the ball to like yeah, let him have a proper goal. But I mean, you know, when it's not going your way, it's not going your way. Yeah, I felt bad for him actually every time. You know, the ball doesn't want to go in. Yeah, then 78th minute, Jesus turns an offload into the path of Odegaard, who does a bit of a slalom dribble into the, in the box. And it was like toe pokes the ball past Henderson when you saw the keeper, you know, dropping him between his knees. So he gave you the guy, the goalie, no chance with the ball hitting the, the roof of the net. 5 0 Arsenal. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you you spoke about, you know, Arsenal needing a release. And I think, yeah. you know, this was kind of it. It was, it was a good performance. I think Gabriel Jesus, you know, with his hat trick of assist for the day. And I think he's tied now, second most assists in the Premier League at the moment yeah. for the season. On five, so 
you know, he's, he's up there with our top scorer and our top assister at the moment. So, um, you know, you have to, to look at his all-round game. If you compare maybe to a likes of what uh, Obama Young did, if he didn't score, you know, you would get nothing from him in the game. Yeah. So, move our attention now to the home match at the Emirates against um, FC Zurich. Um, I mean, I, look, I think I off before we even started recording, I was just telling you, I mean, and I just find FC Zurich probably the most unappealing side we've ever faced. And I mean, look, we've seen Arsenal face many, many teams like over the years now as fans and even before we even came up with the, uh, the podcast. But um, I don't know, it's just like, it's a very unappealing side. I mean, they, they're willing to almost like go full like Bolton on you, like, you know, yeah. take you out and whatever, with or without the ball. Because I mean, I don't know how many tackles are counted in that game where they were just randomly like trying to kick the shit out of us. Like players would like lay the ball off or play the ball, and then they just get like stomped on the foot. Yeah, they get clattered into it. It's almost like a rugby match, almost where you know there was I don't know if, if Zuri just just didn't care about anything, but like almost like you said, almost like a Stoke Stoke City slash Bolton and just how they were <laughs> playing, and we just it was just like you said, an unappealing game. You know, it was I was hoping to see. And Arsenal side come out and just come and squash the side, but it wasn't yeah. like that actually. Yeah, because I mean, there were times they don't want to would sacrifice their forward and just put every like all uh, ten infield players like in and around their box. So it's like you guys are not going to get to it. But I mean, I mean, we really do make a break breakthrough on seventeen minutes. Fantastic cross coming from the right, and I mean, Kieran Tierney comes in with a you know just one massive. Volley that ends up, I think, just in front of the keeper, takes a little bounce and beats the keeper and also go one up. Yeah, you know, brilliant, brilliant goal. I think it done wonders for Tierney and his confidence. And, you know, like I made a point earlier, you know, I just hope, you know, you get, I mean, he's been a stalwart for the side for ever since he's been there. Okay, besides injuries, but he was probably the first name on the list whenever we are playing. So, you know, I just hope he can find his way back into the side again and get a good run of games. Yeah, and then, I mean, come second off, I mean, it was almost like, I wouldn't say damage limitation, but for, for about 20 minutes, I had to now face this, like an Arsenal onslaught. I mean, we were not, you know, really calming anything of note. I mean, even those little pointers that I normally would put up in my notes and that, not, nothing really to, you know, to talk about. I mean, it was for me a lot, a lot of, say, wasteful finishing when we did, did have the opportunity to have a pop at the goal, but I mean, nothing much. But then, then it came was there that, that sort of phase that last 15 minutes where I honestly didn't know what, what was happening with Arsenal because as long as they lost all focus or I don't know what, the substitutions that they brought on didn't help that much. And I mean, it, it was more like a squeaky bum time going till, till the end of the, the whistle because I mean, even at the end, they ended up having a, a, a free kick and I thought, is this it where we're going to you know kind of toss away our chances? Because I mean, look... Um, PSV Eindhoven were already winning away at, at Bodo Glim 2-1. And I mean, yeah, we could have probably been, you know, knocked down a spot to, to second if, if we yeah, did. Yeah, and then you had to play in that playoff round, which I mean, you know, it, obviously the team that's in third is, is not, I mean, they're, they're, they're not probably the best of form this season. But I mean, you know, you don't want to get a Juventus as early on or a, a Barcelona, even though they're both in turmoil, I mean, they, they're still doing well in the league, um, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so their form could change and they could do well in the Europa League. And then we look at Sevilla, who is there, I mean, Sporting Lisbon, not doing too bad. I mean, they did beat Spurs at, 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 at the Tottenham Stadium. So, 
it's, it's it's a kind of a thing we could have, you know, put ourselves in a very sticky situation, play two more extra games than we wanted to. But, you know, now we kind of avoid that and kind of, you know, await the team whoever we play in the round of 16. Yeah, and I mean, that draw takes place on, I believe, Monday afternoon. I think afternoon time, I think, should be the... So we, so we can just kick back and relax and sit because they're only doing the round of 32 draw or they're doing yeah. like kind of like... If you yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, everything is just more of the round of 32 type of thing. Because I know the Champions League draw itself... That's exactly, I think, at, at noontime on, on Monday. And I think in that normally, you know, follow a few hours later the the draw for the, that, you know, when the third place Champions League teams come up against the second uh, second place teams of the Europa League. So, I mean, yeah. There's something new that they've done or is it something they did last season? Because I never really paid attention to the Europa League last season because we weren't really in it. Uh, I think it's new because I think there were people also always complaining because... Look how we get hard. We actually got hard done by over the years. Also, we all the teams that we end up playing in the semis or the final were teams that dropped out from the Champions League. It was like with uh, Atletico Madrid the one year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it Chelsea in the final? Also, where they ended up dropping out and then going right through to win the. Oh, how was that? Or were they already in the? I think, I think they were. I think they were in the Europa League for that season. Yeah, but I think like, with regards to the the winners, I think of the. Down the years, it's been like that. We yes. have complained that, you know, most of them they drop through, they go right through to the the final, the semis. You know, the kind of rob teams of, of you know spots that you now have progressed themselves in there. Uh, yeah, we know, move our attention now to the match on Sunday, Chelsea versus Arsenal. Uh, oh. Six meets first at the bridge. Uh, Chelsea on the eleven game unbeaten home uh, run in the league. Um, Arsenal, I think we are up first or second in the away team log in the Premier League. So it's going to be, you know, quite a battle to see who rules right London. I I think so. I think especially, I know you said Aubameyang advert as well. Has yes. come out. So, yeah, and I think personally, yeah, something like that. I'm blue now, something like that. That's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, if the player should be focusing on his form rather than making adverts, but um, I, I really hope that we can go there and, and do the business because I think it's, going to, it's, it's actually a pivotal game for Arsenal. I'm not saying in terms of a title race, but I think as a club yeah. itself, where, you know, we've always gone to Chelsea over the years. Okay, but in the past two seasons, but I think there's nothing really on the line for them. And, but like, you know, Arsenal, I don't know if you can remember, whenever we had to go to Stamford Bridge with, you know, there's something on the line if we can get the result, but then we always get blown out of the water with Drogba. Yeah, or, or, and remember those results like 4-1, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 6-1, and that. Yeah. Oh, getting hammered there, but I mean, yeah, tied to turning, I believe. Um, I just want to add a few stats also here with the game. Um, top goal scorer for Chelsea, Havertz with three, Sterling with three and then Mount with two. Arsenal has Jesus five, Martinelli five, and then uh, Odegaard four. Uh, assist tallies for both sides: uh, Mason Mount, Kukurel, and Thiago Silva. All two go uh, two assists apiece. And then with Arsenal, Saka five assists, Jesus five assists, and Granit Xhaka with three. So, I mean, for me, a drastic change also with so that little thing that I sent you yesterday evening about yeah. how. If you compare the, the season, like last season to the season after 12 games and other the changes you can see in the squad. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's quite drastic, actually. And, and it was an interesting read. Um, 
I just think now it's oh it, it's it's going to be quite a tricky game. And it, Arsenal can, I think, walk away at the end of this weekend, still on top of the log. Mm. You know, I'm not saying oh, you're going to win the title, but you're going to have to start. You know, I think thoughts will be there because it's just I think you know besides your your Carabao Cup game, it's just Wolves, and then you you kind of go into that you know World Cup break, and I think. It's something that you've kind of, you know, got stuck in my head. And you said, you know, if we can be top or or, near, or very close to the top spot before the World Cup, you know, you gotta gotta start thinking. You know, can this be possible? Actually, I mean, my whole thinking is still gonna be the same. I mean, yes, it's nice hearing people say talking about it. Or some people are talking about, you know, whether uh, you know the side dig that you know we're gonna you know fall off. Yeah. You know, the pace. And then, of course, you get the Arsenal fan base who are, I think, saying about 80 90%, I believe, are realistic enough to believe, look, we are just going to follow things. We're not going to look too far in the in the future. We're just taking it one or maybe two games at a time, like where you're thinking or whatever. But, I mean, you are focused because, I mean, you can also see the sort of swagger the team plays with at times. Um, I think normally they do come unstuck, like say with that, that, that Thursday, Sunday, and I'm not talking of what happens on the Sunday. It's normally that when you have to put that team together, almost like the, the mixed bag you have to put on the Thursday, sometimes they don't gel that well because, I mean, they've got like a few days to, yeah, you know, yeah. you switch other and then you're back to having to play your, you know, you having the first 11 train again together, and, which is like actually the one of the most like lethal at the moment. But uh, that being said, I mean, I'm... I, I still stick by my guns. I mean, I'm not going to think trophy, whatever for me. It's just another little chapter that we now having to get to the end to, like now, getting to the end of this run of, of Chelsea, uh, Brighton in the Carabao Cup, and then Wolves. And then we put that chapter to side, probably now the, for the World Cup and whatever. And of course, look, the team is also going to go as a, a group away to Dubai as well for, for uh, mid-season training. But I mean, I'm just, I'm taking things very cautious. I'm not going to get too carried away. I mean, I mean, I get that, that point that I did make about that, yeah, believing in it, but I, I still think you have to take every team on its merit because, I mean, you saw the Premier League, anything can happen. I mean, yeah. nobody even saw that Forest beating Liverpool even a few weeks back. No, I'm sure the, the bookies made a shitload of money uh, with that Forest-Liverpool game. But just asking, just, just putting it out there for you, so let's say Arsenal draw to Chelsea. You know, how would you feel after that? Would you feel your head would drop? You know, two drop points, or you say, okay, you know what, we got a, a point at the bridge, you know, over to City to try to beat that, or do you feel that that would kind of be two points lost going to Stamford Bridge and not picking up the victory? No, I mean, look, I, I mean, I wouldn't now say, look, I'm going to feel down or whatever, because look, Charles, you're not that, 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 how can I say, um, what I'm looking for? Look, Charles, we don't like erratic because. I mean, I've seen even Chelsea fans saying, it's almost like the same thing that you heard, that, that grumbles that you hear from the United fan base, where they say, look, okay, yes, they got now a new coach in it, but I think the Chelsea fans were thinking Potter's going to bring immediately that sort of form that Brighton had. And I think he's, he's I don't know, what's happening is, I think he's also a bit, uh, Graham Potter's also a bit hamstrung with, almost like his first choice defenders both are out. Like, like let's get those out of the way. The two of them are also now out. Thiago Silva is showing now signs that he's aging. So it's not like you're taking a risk every time you're playing him now. And then, of course, uh, the, most, the two most attacking fullbacks 
are now both injured now. Uh, Therese James and Chobo. Uh, and, and I mean, Cucurella somebody, he's a, look, so I think Cho, not Cucurella has the same sort of issue like some people used to say the issue would be with, with some like Zinchenko. They are fantastic going forward in that, but at times what, what needs to be, you know, needs, needs to kind of be desired is the defending side of things where Cucurella, somebody will always get caught out because I th- and I think teams do target that that side of his game where they'll just hit the ball long. Even though it's not a team that will play long ball, but with Cucurella when he goes forward and nobody's covering for him, and I think Chelsea do have attacking players like that. They don't really help out their fullbacks either. So it leaves almost like I don't know if, if you watch it that Brentford not was it Brentford that they lost a bit or Br- Brighton sorry. Brighton. Just if if anybody gets highlight, get the chance to watch the highlights. Just watch where Brighton keep on. Breaking them down, and it's every time in that fullback areas where they just love the ball. I mean, Trossard, like a field day against, um, I don't know what was on the right side, it was that Chaloba was also playing, but I mean, they always they were struggling with, with Brighton to be with Brighton, yeah. So it seems like you know, Brighton will also be a side that if you go to the Amex Arena, it'll be quite <laughs> a difficult place to go and get points. I mean. You know, Arsenal, I, I, I can't even recall, have, have we beaten Brighton away from home? I remember the first time we played them um, in the Premier League, they beat us 2-1. I can't remember the results too much after. I know we've thrown there a few times and we've uh, lost there a few times. Yeah, I mean, it is a difficult place to, to, to win. And I mean, for me, I, I always find the, the jinxer of the Brighton side. And I mean, this can also now, you know, lead us into uh, Wednesday's Carabao Cup fixture, um, Arsenal versus Brighton. Um, like one guy I really have the shits for is Solly March because I mean I don't know yeah. Solly, he plays he's always like you know that, that sort of people that come in late in the box and he'll just leather the ball into the net and they say like I mean we did spot him where, where did he come from like that he's more like a jinxer whenever he plays and I mean Welbeck sort of form there for them was so fantastic I mean credit, give credit to his due I mean look somebody that's been playing with injuries at, at United and at Arsenal but I mean it's slowly but surely coming right for me. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be also a game with the hope Arsenal can, you know, just sweep aside and go further on in the cup competition because, like you always mentioned, that it carries the World Cup, you know, at, it's at a pivotal point in the season, you know, whether it can assist you in your top four push or if you maybe can chase on, you know, whatever else you're chasing on, in the, in the whether it's the league or it's in the Europa League, it just kind of gives us young squad, some some sort of solo way to latch onto and, you know, be, believe in themselves. And I mean, if you, if you also remember with with, um, with Pep, I mean, yes, you'll, you'll rotate the squad, but have you noticed when they get to that final, the Carabao Cup, with, since they know they get like a post-Cup uh, final, you normally get like about a week off. He normally will play all his big guns for that final. And I mean, you don't care about, oh yeah, they say, yeah you're not promoting any youngsters. He plays roughly his best 11 that he can put out. He puts out for that final. Even if it's yes. old, he does it. And that yes, is a signature That's why he won it, what is it, three or four times in a row, almost? I mean, he won it yeah. at, at the 20, 2017. I think when they, or 20, yeah, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. It only was it last season when someone else won it. Yeah. When so Liverpool I mean, won it. 2022, Liverpool won it, sorry. So they won it like, yeah, they, they they really really want it uh, every season, and and I think Arsenal need to also have that attitude towards you know that Carabao Cup where I mean Wenger used to 
I mean, except for his last few years, but I mean, remember that time I think we played Chelsea, you know, seven, and he still, you know, even though we could have gone there with our full strength squad, he still went there with um, youngsters. But I just think, I mean, like, look, that Carabao Cup, I mean, of course, this is, you know, far, still far off, but I mean, I just think you use this cup as your sort of springboard. And I think the thing is actually holding us back at the moment, like, if you think of the midweek sides that's put together, it's like they're not ruthless enough. I mean, the league, the league team has shown yeah they can do things, but it's like when you play this whole mix and match game, it's like you're just not getting that sort of finish. So I mean, I do hope also because look, it's going to be a long next month and a half, you know, after the the fixtures are the rundown like for for the November, and then we go straight into the World Cup, and then when you look at it again, by the time they come back on on Boxing Day, like I mean, of course the players come some time before that. But I mean, with our next fixture, which comes on a Boxing Day, you, you're you like about four or five days away from the, the January window opening again. So, you know, that is where you can use the, the hopefully the transfer window to the to our advantage and then see what we would need to give us that final push. I mean, because look, in the, 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 we get into the real meaty side of things and as we get into the January 2023. I think we do need to be a bit active in the transfer window. Yeah. I think our defence, you know, Touch wood. I mean, I think that's kind of sorted itself out. And I think, you know, I don't think we could ask for a, a better kind of defense at the moment. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. see it differently. I just think, okay, yes, Al is back. But, you know, you kind of need that other player, that up-and-coming youngster, which I think was supposed to be Lukonga, that can kind of, you know, be a, a party slash a, a Jaka that, you know, if you can use him in a European game, because... Right now, like you mentioned, if we must come up against a top side in the European, uh, like, you know, let's say Europa League, we get your Juventus or, you know, you end up pulling whoever in the round of 16. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to go there with your full strength 11, but you're going to need a team to also do your, your a job in the Premier League, you know, whether you're going to take like three or four players. But right now, you know, you can't like, throw in a Lukonga instead of a party because you'll be very vulnerable to at the back. So... You know, it's, uh, I think, maybe another uh, top midfielder-ish, you know, up and coming, like you always would say. And then I definitely think we need another guy that can kind of take the load of Jesus. I mean, Ketia, I keep on saying this, and I have nothing against the player, but I just don't think he's that guy that if Jesus picks up a knock of three to four games, will be able to kind of deputize and kind of keep Jesus out, you know, for six games because he's performing so well. Yeah, because I mean, look, I mean, like, uh, with regards to Ketian, I mean, like, uh, I'm not just checking with the Premier League with, you know, subs and, and, and whenever he does get now appearances. I was like 12 matches already now, no goals, no assists. And I mean, he his points average per game is like just a bit over six out of 10. So, I mean, I don't know, like, he's not really getting active enough. And it, it, it's almost like reminding me of that, that talk that the, the in that all or nothing documentary that they had with, with Ketia, where they told him, you can't just like stand around. You have to also make yourself active, and I think that is what what's always going to get somebody like Jesus ahead of him, even if he's going through a gold round. Yeah, I know because Jesus, like you said, he's assisting. He's he's, he's making himself difficult, like a defender. He's like probably like you know swearing in their mind, like you know just let yeah. leave it alone because he's like adding and hassling and putting his foot in. And even if he gives a foul, I think that's why he probably gets said so many yellows that way. Yes. Like. You know, just like just put his foot in, you know, let him know you there. Yeah. 
So look, I'm gonna now, like you know, we're gonna wrap up now the podcast, but I'm gonna like we're gonna get now just so that that's that little talking point that you and I discussed this morning. So um you know, to our listeners now, look, with, with regards to the World Cup, we are gonna probably now like after the Wolves game, you know, have also like a short little break before the World Cup starts. But look look, our main focus is and always will be just Arsenal. So like, look, Arsenal are planning this whole thing to Dubai, and I mean, I believe there's two matches planned with AC Milan as opponents and Olympic Lyon. So we're going to probably even do something like that. I mean, you and I still have to now figure out how best we do it, because look, it's also yeah. with our personal time and family time. So we're going to probably now, somehow, we will figure out something, but we probably will push out one or two podcasts in between during the World Cup, more for the Arsenal fan base. So, I mean, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Take care, guys. Bye. Cheers, guys, and, you know, hopefully we can steal one at the bridge this weekend. Yeah.